Hello, everyone, and welcome to Method Meets Magic Radio with Jess and Dan. We are so happy to have you with us today. Dan, how are you doing? Boom, 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 boom. I'm fresh off a little dance, so feeling rather fabulous. How are you, Jessasaurus? I am doing so, so well, and I'm really, really excited because we have an amazing um, guest with us today. We have Denise Duffield-Thomas on the show. She is the author of Chillpreneur. Denise, thanks for being with us today. Hi, guys. I'm so excited to be here. It is such a treat. I think the the good people who listen to KKNW are really in for a treat today. Guys, Denise is like the ultimate manifester of manifestors. So you guys are in for a, for a real treat today. Um, Denise, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. So I live in Australia, as you might have gathered by my accent, and <laughs> I am a money mindset coach, so I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not an accountant. I help entrepreneurs and mostly women uh, deal with their money mindset so they can charge well for what they do. They can set premium prices. They can make friends with money in their business so they can actually make money and and help them create a first-class life, which just means being able to afford everything you want to do and everything that's on your dream board. And um, I have a couple of books. So I've got a book called, um, well, I can't say that word actually on, on air. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky sorry. B word. That's okay. I just remembered. I just remembered just as I was about to say it. Um, Lucky B word. Let's call it the B word. And then I have a money book, but my, um, my uh, most recent book is called Chillpreneur. So I would call myself um, a chilled, unbusy mum of three, a lazy millionaire and someone who's totally imperfect but is just showing up and and helping as many people as possible with their money mindset. I love that so much. You have you have so much wisdom in your books as well as like you have some really great classes, the Sacred Archetype Money, I believe, online mm-hmm. as well that um, you know, I, I so I, I know for myself personally, your your work has made a big impact on my life because a, a really there was a time there. Dan knows this time in my life where I'm like, everybody's doing it like this, their business, and I feel like I'm supposed to be doing it like X Y Z, and um, you know, trying to sort of put on almost like a monkey suit of what I thought I was supposed to do because that's how I saw other people doing it. And I love your, your outlook and your take on the idea of being a chillpreneur, being, as you said, a lazy millionaire and sort of doing it your own way. Um, do you ever have a time in your business or in your career where you didn't, you weren't a chillpreneur? Well, I mean, I would say that I'm a bit of a recovering perfectionist myself. So I did a lot of the mistakes that I talk about, reinventing the wheel, trying to do everything myself, um, just throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. And I'm, a, I'm someone I love doing courses. I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I, I love personal development, love personal growth, love going to conferences, love doing courses. And what I found was I was um, just trying to follow a blueprint, you know, trying to follow a system, but without any regard to if that 
suited me and my personality. And because I was a good student, I would feel really bad about myself if I couldn't make it work for me. And part of being a chillpreneur isn't about like living in Bali, working on a, on a hammock. I don't know if you guys ever tried that. It's not very comfortable. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's, it's not about that. It's not about where you work. It's, it's about finding your path of least resistance. And that just takes some self-inquiry. Sometimes it takes some trial and error. But, yeah, I was, I was just like just beating myself up. I'm like, why can't I make this work? It's because I was trying to do it in a way that was out of alignment with who I was. Mm. Beautiful. I like this. I like this because <clears throat> this talks um, in some ways to like the the seven spiritual laws of success that Deepak Chopra talks about and slacktivism. The whole idea that when you're in alignment, everything flows in a way that doesn't demand you to push and to be in, a, in an uncomfortable hammock and to and to like be really stressed stressed out, but to find your flow and mm. and when you're in that flow, I suppose those millions mean a lot more because your, your, your energy and quality of life is, is, is in a happy space as opposed to, okay, I've done everything everyone told me I'm supposed to be doing. You know, I did all of the click funnels and I've been doing a webinar every day and the three, two, one message on my Facebook group, but I'm just drained and I'm not even enjoying this abundance that I've created. Yes, absolutely. And I love when you chimed in there, Dan, to hear the sounds of the city around you. <laughs> as soon as you come on, I'm like, yes, you are in New York. I love it. Um, <laughs> Legit. Hear, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm here in Australia. Soon the kookaburras will start to wake up. Um, but, but yeah, that is the, the point is that we do have to do it in the way that works for us. Otherwise, it's so unsustainable. And there, there isn't any right way to run a business. People often ask me that too, like, what marketing should I do? And I said, this is the word that I'm using. It's not going to catch on, guys. It's not going to be on a T-shirt. But chustle, chilled hustle. It's like, yes, you still have to do work. Yes, you still have to be consistent. But it's about what, what feels good to you. And maybe like doing a podcast feels great to you, but another marketing method might feel crap. Well, there's not one better or worse. It's just who's going to be the most consistent or what's going to be the most consistent for you to do. Otherwise, if you lose interest, if you feel stressed every time you do it, you're not going to be magnetic to people anyway. People are going to feel that. Yeah, absolutely. We mm-hmm. we talk a lot on the show about um, the idea of aligning your mindset aligning your energy and aligning your actions so that they're, they're in alignment and they're in integrity with who you are. Because yeah, I think you're exactly right. Like people feel it. They're often, you know, when you say about somebody, you're like, Oh, I, I, like, I, I, I just, I like them. They're nice, but just something feels really off to me. It's like, I think as humans, we're, we're naturally really attuned to feeling when something is off. Um, even if we don't have the words to put to it exactly what is off so I love that concept um and I I think Chussel might catch on I'm just saying I'm gonna (laughs) I'm gonna use it Denise I will quote you uh because you're from (laughs) East London even if it was for a little while um (laughs) Chussel is gonna make a is gonna make an inroad um even it's not the prettiest word it's it's a sexy word (laughs) give it some credit let it breathe Chussel is the one I'm game I'm (laughs) 
<laughs> I love it. Denise, can you tell us, so I want to talk a little bit, you said about money mindset, because I think that's such a key component to business. And I know Dan has a class called micro shift to millions. So we talk, a, we talk a decent, a decent bit about uh, money on here as well. But you talk about in your, you have a course on the different money archetypes. I'd love to hear a little bit about, um, you know, what they are, how you discovered them. Yes. Well, um, so I'm certified in this method. It's not my original work, but um, I loved, loved, oh gosh, when did I start it? Maybe six years ago when I learned about my money archetypes. I'm obsessed with personality tests. And so I found the sacred money archetypes, loved it so much, got certified in it. Um, and it is just a framework to, to know more about your personality. So there's eight different personality types and the names are Accumulator, Alchemist, Celebrity, Connector, uh, Maverick, Nurturer, Romantic, Ruler. I'm literally counting them off my fingers to, to make sure I don't um, miss them. And every archetype has strengths and weaknesses around money. And it's, a, it's just super powerful work because, you know, you might be an alchemist, but you have been taking business advice from a ruler. And the problem with that, I'll give you a very specific example around this, is that alchemists are all about ideas. They're all about ideas. They're very natural manifestors. Sometimes they're very much into woo-woo and magic. So if I see someone with an Instagram account and they've got a butterfly, a unicorn, a mermaid, stars in their, like in their Instagram profile, I'm pretty sure that they're alchemists. And you can just tell. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And then rulers, rulers are the like boss babe, workaholic, um, thinking about business all the time. When rulers are in their healthy expression, they're just like amazing win-win business creators. When they're in their unhealthy expression, they're workaholics, they're reinventing the wheel, they're trying to do everything themselves, they're perfectionists. So if you're an alchemist and you can, you're just about ideas and flowing, you're taking business advice from a ruler without any discernment, you can just be put so out of flow. And that's why it's so powerful to know who you are and what's, um, you know, what, what's your path of least resistance. For an alchemist, you can just have a business based on ideas. You can give people ideas. You can have brainstorming sessions. Um, you really shouldn't do follow, follow through because you're terrible at it. But if you're taking advice from a ruler, you might put yourself in a business where you feel like you have to do done for you for people or you have to do um, follow through. So just, and that's just one example, but it just shows how I know I've taken business advice from other archetypes with unknowingly and then felt really terrible about myself, you know, and really blamed myself for stuff. So um, I'm a big fan of personality tests in general for knowing more about your business and who you are. Um, another personality test I love is the Colby. I don't know if you guys know that. And I'm a quick start in Colby, which means that I can, do, with very little preparation, pull amazing things out of my butt. I'm not, not sure if I'm allowed to say that B word on this show. You can say butt, yeah. Oh, good. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm spontaneous. I can get divine downloads in a moment. I don't need to prepare for things like speeches or, you know, or talks because I, I, I just, I just all comes through me. Whereas my husband who works in the business with me, he's very low quick start energy. So he needs to prepare like crazy 
to feel comfortable that stuff. So I just thought I was super lazy instead of realizing that that's my superpower. I'm in the moment, I'm spontaneous. Um, and so even just knowing that about myself changed the way I did my business. I started trusting the wisdom that came through and not stressing about over-preparing because that actually created the opposite effect for me. So um, I, I use every type of personality test you can think of for my business, even my um, star sign. <laughs> I love using oh, wow. my star sign in business too. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Do you know what your human design is? Um, I'm a manifesto. I knew oh it. I knew it. I knew, knew it. it. I knew you were going to do it. I did too. I was like, <laughs> you know, I'm laughing to myself, Denise, cause I'm, I'm, you know, like I said at the beginning of the show, like I've obviously this is the first time you and I have ever like connected in human voice form. Um, but I've always resonated a lot with the information that you've put out there. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like it just makes sense to me. And I'm also a manifester in human design. So it's, um, it's really, I think there's a lot of power to, I mean, I know there's a lot of power to what you're saying. And so for people out there who are listening, if you're in a place or a space in your life where you're going like, gosh, I'm taking advice from people and it doesn't feel aligned or I'm feeling worse about myself than when I started. Um, you know, I think sometimes the human mind too wants to reject or say, oh, that's bad or that person's wrong or whatever thing that we come up with in our, in our head or in our minds, um, about, you know, to, in order to justify maybe moving on or doing something differently. I think just having this knowledge around yourself and understanding yourself and the way that you work is really, um, it's, it's a really powerful thing and can help you to really embody your superpowers. And sometimes what you think your superpower, what you think is your weakness is actually can really be your superpower. So I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Even knowing your, your team and your customers, um, you know, archetypes or personalities is, is so fascinating. And talking about human design, for those of you who know that, um, my husband is a projector and I was getting annoyed with him because I was sort of saying to him, you know, why can't you come up with this? You know, why do you have to ask me all the time about how to do things? Not realizing that that projector personality type needs to be invited to do things. They, you know, they will take something and run with it. So now I'm like, I'll just buy him a course and a system to follow because he'll do that really well. But like we were driving each other crazy working together. Yeah. So what have you found has shifted or changed even in like the energy of working together since you've been following more of your designs? Um, well, even back to money archetypes for a moment, realizing that we both have very similar money archetypes. We were both, we, we are both rulers and rulers want to rule. Rulers want to be in charge. Rulers want to be the boss. And um, that's really hard to, you know, we had power struggles all the time like who's the boss of this um so we had to um we do have to divvy things up very clearly so we know okay you're the boss of this part I'm the boss of this part um our second money archetype we're both mavericks and the name is the clue you um kind of can be very impulsive you don't want to follow rules um and so we have to make sure that we don't make snap decisions on things because our rulers totally underestimate how much work things take and then we can be very impulsive with our mavericks so then we have to sit on things like just a day 
just a day. Otherwise, we will jump in and go, yeah, let's do another launch because we're just like, yes, more work, more work. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's some really interesting things around there. But knowing that he's a projector and he just likes to find something that works and then just leverage the crap out of it, um, I just go, great, let, let me just buy you a course. You know, let me buy you a course for you to follow that system exactly. And that's, that's changed everything for us because he was expecting my manifesto to always come up with the solution. So it's, you know, when you think of all the different personality types, they can be very complex because you just kind of get one little nugget from each one. But it's, it's really helped us um, get along better working together, husband and wife. Yeah. I'm a little bit excited about um, personality t- types and stuff also. Um, my Asperger's means I love frameworks. So frameworks mm. for me are just, I'm in my happy place. So I'm wondering, because even in terms of um, social dynamics, there's eight different personality types too, based on three questions. And so I was wondering, are there, is there like a, a litmus test or like a, what do they call it? Back of the box test that you can do in relation to um, the archetypes so that that can be worked out pretty quick or, you oh, know, that's parts of doing like an in-depth test, I mean. Well, that is such a great chillpreneur question because um, there is a test that you can actually do for free on my website. I don't know if you want me to give you the link, but um, it's a yes, sixty, please. it's a sixty question test. So that is at denisedt.com/quiz. Um, but Dan, I mean, you just asked the perfect chillpreneur question, right? Is like, yeah, cool, but is there a quicker way? Oh my god, three questions that would be amazing. I can usually tell when I speak to somebody, but I can give you the really quick you know, what each archetype kind of is in like one sentence. And what I find is that when I teach this at like in a webinar or at an event, um, people kind of go, oh yeah, that is me. And I actually did one on the weekend where I just asked a couple of things per, per archetype and people were like, oh yeah, that's me. And if you start it from the top, I was saying the accumulator, you know, the accumulator is the banker. It's the one who sometimes it can be a bit frugal they love spreadsheets. And so I literally said to people, who loves spreadsheets beyond all reason? And they, you know, a few people stood up and I said, you're probably an accumulator. Like if I was just asking you anything, you're probably an accumulator. Um, the alchemist, it's all about ideas. Do you have ideas all day long and very little follow through um, and love a bit of magic and woo woo. And the, um, the alchemists are the ones that often pull things out of their butt last minute. You know, they're the manifestors like crazy um but they can live in feast or famine energy the celebrities these are um people who love bling they want to be the center of attention they're great leaders and role models but often can be um crap with money you know they can live like a celebrity lifestyle but behind the scenes their money is just terrible um and that can have a real fraud feeling for them the connectors are all about relationships. See, the names are kind of the clue. All about relationships, love connecting people and ideas, are often amazing at marketing other people's businesses, but their big lesson is that it's okay to make money from that superpower because often connectors say things like, well, you know, I care about people more than money or they feel like they can't charge their friends, but the problem is everyone in the world becomes their friend. So they feel like they can never charge anybody (laughs) for anything um the mavericks are the ones who do not want to be caged 
into anything. So they often um, are disruptors of industries, which is great because they don't want to do everything that everyone else is doing. They want to be utterly unique. Freedom is their highest value. The problem with um, Mavericks is that they even reject things that work. And so sometimes they're trying to find new and exciting solutions when they could just use something that works but put their own spin on it. Um, so often Mavericks are in feast or famine mode too because they're, they're trying to reinvent everything for the sake of reinvention. Then you have the nurturers. So again, clues in the name, big hearts but often over-deliver, over-deliver and undercharge. So a lot of nurturers actually don't even really get to the point of having a viable business because they're too busy doing everything for free for everybody. They hate charging. They feel bad about charging. Um, and so they are in hobby mode or they're the side hustler mode who never, they never get tr enough traction because they just want to help people so much, but they feel bad charging for it. Uh, then you have the romantics. So the romantics are the people who love pleasure and ease. Um, they love um, finding shortcuts even, you know, they love finding shortcuts can often be a little bit lazy if I'm, you know, dare say that. I love the word lazy, but a lot of people get, uh, they don't like it. Um, very discerning with their energy is another way to, to talk about romantics. So they can have a lot of ideas. They can um, create some amazing businesses, but sometimes they can't get the traction because they can't be bothered or they lose steam very quickly, which is great because actually romantics can be great at finding shortcuts and hacks. So Dan, you might have some romantic energy in you because you're like, Oh, let's just do a three question. <laughs> the funny thing was, the funny thing there was like, there's a couple that you said that I'm like, oh, I've got some of that, I've got some of that. But what's been really interesting? So I did my wealth dynamics profile the other day, and I came out as a creator, and just looking at my entrepreneurial history and seeing where I've had my wins is actually when I've actually been flowing with that creator energy, even like. Um, when I look at my human design and look that I'm a generator and I'm my strategy is obviously to respond to stuff, playing on the counter attack, bouncing off what comes back to me is actually where I've been my strength as well. And actually listening to what you're saying, I really feel like the ideas, uh, which was wait, 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 mystic. No. What was the ideas one? <laughs> Alchemist. Alchemist. Yes. Yeah. I think Alchemist probably like from a natural space, because obviously very rarely is anyone 100% one thing, right? They're going to be... No, you're really one of... Um, you're a combination of three okay. normally. So you can pick three. Uh, and I just want to say the ruler real quick because that's the last one. Oh, the sorry. Ruler, I as I, yeah. No, that's okay. The ruler, as I mentioned before, is the workaholic, the, um, you know, the always working, thinking about your business, all that kind of stuff. So so you, what do you think would be your top three, Dan? Um, I would say... Uh, alchemist. So the alchemist? Yeah, ruler, but not naturally a ruler, but I, I, I think I fear, I was probably a fear-driven ruler archetype at one point, which I don't really do anymore. Um, that makes sense, yeah. So I, I want to I wanna sit with these. I'm going to really, I'm going to meditate with these personally. Well, the other thing, um, I'd be fascinating to hear from you on this, Jess, is that we do have our archetypes that, just who we are, right? This is who we are. But sometimes you can actually be a slightly different archetype for a, a number of reasons. So I actually see a lot of people who are repressed celebrities. 
So they don't even want to admit that they're a celebrity because it's been shamed out of them to want nicer things in life or to be the center of attention. But then, and I love that we're from three different countries because the ruler energy is kind of expected in the entrepreneurial world, but it's also a very American energy, um, which, you know, I've, even though I live in Australia and I've lived in the UK for a long time, my business influences are American, which is, which can be a very work, 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 work culture. So I don't know if you've got thoughts on that, Jess, too, about, um, you know, that entrepreneurial culture can be very ruler and sometimes we can fall into that ruler without thinking about it. Yes. Yeah. I, I think the American, I, I love this conversation so much. And I'm, I literally was taking notes as you were talking. I'm like, I'm totally alchemist, maverick connector, like those three. So I'm really oh, excited to go and take the quiz again um, and see if those are actually what I come out as, but those were the ones that sort of hit me. But yeah, I think the American way is like work, 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 work. Um, I've had difficult, it's been challenging for me because um I don't feel as though I've built my business in a way that is perhaps like anything else that I've seen or like I've, uh, you know, like I sat down uh, back in January and I was like, I'm going to, I wanted to sign up for a particular program and I'm like, how am I going to create the money to make this happen? I've taken some great principles from Denise's books but I literally sat down and I created a class that I wanted to make that came to me. I just sort of, if you want to call it a download, uh, whatever you want to call it. I literally sat down in meditation, came up with a list of 20 names, called all 20 of them and invited them because I have that very manifester initiating energy and just asked. And, you know, I thought about a lot of, I work with a lot of my clients, a lot of them are generators. So they are waiting for the invitation, right? Or they're, yes. they're wanting to be asked it in. And so I've used that to be able to go out and create um, and appeal to like knowing what a lot of my clients are. And I'm like, it was for me, that's the way that I've done it. And that's the way I've run my business thus far is really thriving on sort of that initiator energy. But I do find that in sort of circling back in American culture, it is, it's hustle and grind and go. And I find that I kind of have short bursts of energy and I get excited and I have an idea and I go and put it out there and then I need to rest a little bit, you know, like I, I can't go with that same, you know, work 12 hours a day and then crash at the end of the day. I, I, I'm no good in that way. So, yeah, so I'm resonating definitely with what, with what you're sharing. Yeah, it's fascinating um, too. Um, I don't know, Dan, if you think about the UK in, in general, you know, like what would the archetypes be of the country? Because, you know, we're all, we all grow up in families. So you can be very influenced by your parents' archetypes and that can cause you to maybe act in ways that are against your natural type as well, either by copying your parents or by swinging and, you know, trying to rebel against them. But then you grow up in a culture, you grow up in a um, in a country and sometimes you can feel out of step with that or you can take on characteristics that you normally wouldn't so yeah I'd be curious too Dan you know being from the UK um, how you think that has influenced your archetype and now you're in America very <laughs> different energy <laughs> but the thing is uh, in the UK from you know raised by two parents that emigrated to the UK from the su southern Africa in the 70s and so yeah 
there was an element of hustle, but there was a hustle in terms of like learning and like doing your best and giving your all as opposed to being busy for nothing. So mm. a part of me, even like sitting with how I grew up now, reflecting back to what you shared and what I'm actually sitting and saying, hang on, that doesn't really resonate and that does. And even what I'm doing with my life right now, sort of filtering out, I did a full clean out of my life. So interestingly enough, my partner is, she's a, she's a projector also mm-hmm. <laughs> and is actually training to be a human design analyst. So I hear oh. design stuff every day. So I've got like an in-house human design. <laughs> so, so, I I'm, love that. so I'm doing a complete strip down right now, um, complete strip down of my life and building it back up around these archetypes and just basically creating, you know, a chussel way of being in terms yeah. of, Right, where's my flow? Okay, my flow's in response. Okay, well, I'm not going to give energy to, like even like earlier today, I was going through my emails and I was like, I was going to like watch a, a webinar thingy today. And I was like, why am I going to give 40 minutes of my time to watch something that actually the activity that it's going to invite me to do isn't even in alignment with what is flow for me? I'm not going to do that. And just sort of pulling apart and pulling away and stripping away this superfluous additions that many of us make to and not just in our business we do it with our you know we do it with our personal life we do it with our relationships instead of just finding ourselves in a flow with people that we can be in a flow with in an environment that we can be in a flow with and then have that you know that chillpreneur that chillpreneur life so me I love it I'm just stripping away this this thing that I have to work 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 and it's really interesting because I got so tied up in that belief system that actually when I started to slow down with work and give away more of my business to other people to do, I started to go into some pockets of lack. And I had to actually step into a bit more work just to break that belief system, to give myself a conducive space to create the breaking of that belief system. And as I'm doing it now, things are stepping back up in a really beautiful way. And in a way that I'm like, oh, I feel cool. and I'm enjoying life and I'm enjoying how I feel in that creative space as opposed to doing because someone else has said I have to do it this way or that way I just noticed as well um Dan that your name that's coming up on our zoom link is dreamer CEO and I'm like of course you're an alchemist (laughs) it's it's just there I love it and if you remember my tea um is dream with your eyes open my slogan on my tea and on my mugs and everywhere so I'm dreamer CEO on social media um my last book is the dreamers manifesto I'm dreamwithband.com that's (laughs) That's beautiful. But, you know, it, it's so funny what you just said about stripping away too is that, um, you know, the whole KonMari decluttering thing is is just so big right now. And I saw a lot of people let go of their businesses last year and I was getting so inspired by it. And, you know, a lot of businesses that you guys probably wouldn't recognise because they're Australians, but Samantha Wills who does jewellery, um, Lisa Messenger who has a magazine, Sarah Wilson, who has a massive program called I Quit Sugar, um, all of them let go of massive parts of their business last year. And these were, you know, multi-million dollar companies. And then I saw it a little bit in America too with um, like Lenny Letter, Rookie Magazine, a, a Design Sponge, have all kind of announced that they're letting things go. And, you know, they're consciously uncoupling from parts of their business. I think that's so powerful when you just either say, this isn't me anymore or this doesn't bring me joy, the KonMari method, or I just 
I'm done. I'm done with this particular topic or business. And my business brain was kind of like, why don't they put it on evergreen? But everything you create has energy. It's like, you know, if you, everything you create is like a child and it has its own energy and it requires feeding and it, you can't just ignore parts of your business because it's still attached to you energetically. So even if something is a great business idea, but it's not you, there's so much power in letting it go. And even things like go down to the, the micro, even look at all, all of the domain names that you're hanging on to. And Dan, as an alchemist, you probably have a like 150, I would probably estimate. Um, let some of those go because alchemists in particular, your job is to breathe life into ideas, but it's not your job to see them go to college necessarily. And I think everybody should be doing what you're doing, going through your business, letting things go, letting them go, even if it was a good idea, letting them go, even if you've spent money on the idea, you know, don't get caught in the sunk cost fallacy thinking, I spent money, I have to do this forever. Things that don't bring you joy, things that bring you money, but it doesn't feel like good money. You know, you feel like you're, you're compromising yourself. It could be a good business for someone else, but you're compromising yourself for that money. All of those things, if you let them go, will create so much space for amazing things. Do you know what's so magical about that? <laughs> Is that, uh, as Jess said earlier, I've got a, a mastermind that we're doing, a, and it's, it's an experiment, uh, taking $100 and seeing how many times we can double it within 18 months. Um, we're doing like energy work, we're doing a lot of mindset work and we're bringing in mentors to do practical tools to actually move between different different stages of wealth. And, and what I found myself doing with the guys in the mastermind is giving them my ideas, like saying, mm-hmm. hey, have it. No. And it's actually healthy for me to do that because- It is. Then I don't have this remorse that I've like, like I haven't really given birth to this baby. Um, and I've recognized that actually, yeah, it is that idea stage, that initial creation stage that I'm really excited about. It's even like with my music, um, I love creating it. I even to some extent like making it in the studio, but I, I hate the idea of performing it. That fills me with dread and, and disgust. I don't really want to do it. So <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely, definitely game for taking that to the next level and actually being more proactive in giving you- How many domain names have you got, Dan? I'm not going to tell you how many domain names. Tell me. <laughs> you know I'm not going to tell you? Because I do not know. I actually you don't know. I spend a, a, a lot of money goes to to one and one for domains. Like a lot. We'll leave it there. Oh yep. my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, I think um, I think you know we talk about this a good bit too. But if you're holding something in your space, you only have a certain amount of hours in the day, time, etc. It's like letting things go can sometimes feel scary. And yet it's like, that's what creates the space for something totally new and more aligned to come into your life. Um, So Denise, I know in your first book, you talk about um, how you, I, I would love to go a little bit into manifesting and sort of your philosophies on manifesting. And it sounds like, are there different manifesting I don't know if it's like manifesting practices, but are there different ways that different archetypes manifest in their life? I think so. Yeah. So all alchemists need to do is just talk about it once and <laughs> that manifests probably. 
Dan, you can t- probably speak to that. Um, or you even sometimes think about things and it just magically manifests. Um, I would say some of the other archetypes do have to work at it a little bit. And before I really knew about that from a personality point of view, my philosophy was always throw everything at it because you really don't know what necessarily works or aligns with your personality. And by that, I mean, you know, don't just write your goals down, look at them from, you know, listen to your goals all the time and have visual representation of your goals and, and write them down and do practical things in the real world to remind you of your goals. So come at it from all of the, the different learning modalities because you really don't know what resonates with you. And a really great example of this is say you want to, I don't know, uh, manifest a new house. And it, a new house is a good example because it's a very emotional thing but it's also something that has a physical representation of it at the end, like you're in a house. So you can write down everything that you love about your new house as if it's already been created. You can have visual representations of your house. You can have a dream board of your house. Whenever I have a new goal I'm manifesting, I always put a picture of it on my screensaver on my phone because then you're picking up your phone a million times a day. You can see that. Um, but you can also be very mindful about the, the, the input, the media that you're looking at. So if I'm manifesting a new house, which I did quite often in the last couple of years, I will follow accounts on Instagram. I will look at Pinterest boards. And once you do that a little bit, then your whole feed then becomes that. So you can create, you know, the, the reminders. I make sure that whatever goal I'm trying to manifest at the moment, I'm listening to podcasts related to that goal. So then I'm in my car and I'm listening to that. I'm making sure that every single piece of input that comes into my life is in alignment with that goal because that's that's the brain training that we need to do. Um, we can activate the synchronicities because we're literally activating them. But also when you when you're talking about your goals, we know that, Mark Zuckerberg's listening and then he puts it into our feed all Mm -hmm. of that trains your brain to go oh my god this is possible this is possible this is possible the other thing that everybody should do that not everyone takes a step to do is to go and be in the physical space of your goals and dreams so before I could afford my dream house I would go and walk in that neighborhood and we would go in like almost every day we would go to that neighborhood and I would say to Mark one of these is our house. One, like our house already exists. So it's what um, uh, Esther Hicks talks about, vibrational escrow. You have to believe that your dreams are there waiting for you, not that, they're, that they haven't been even created yet. It's, and, and I could say, I could say one of these physical houses is our house. I would pretend I was walking up to a house and, you know, I was home. I would drive in that neighborhood. I'm home. Then I had to take it one step further. Every single open house that came up in that neighborhood, I forced myself to go even though I couldn't afford it. So that's almost putting your money where your mouth is, right? Because you can do the dream boards, you can write down your goals. But if you don't truly believe that that is going to be for you, you like it's free to go to an open house. It's free to go and visit the neighborhood. But if you don't truly believe it, then you're not going to do those things. So it's the going into the physical space that changes your mindset that that you deserve it, that you're worthy of it, that it is possible for you. Go and breathe the air, even just to bring up your blocks around it. 
your money blocks around it because you listen to that little voice and see what it says. You don't belong here. This is never going to happen for you. Every time you do one of those little manifesty tricks, it does chip away at that belief. Maybe it is possible. Maybe this could be for me. And then this is where the, the I guess the magic of the, of the law of attraction happens. Then you'll start to come up with ideas. Well, maybe if I did this and you want to create a space of desire that the money just flows through you to the goal. I find that most people aren't that motivated about the number itself. You know, I want to make a million dollars. Cool. Why? But they get so excited about something like a house or philanthropy or travel and that allows you to manifest the money because it creates the desire and then when the work comes up that you have to do the work to manifest the money the chussel you're not as scared because you are already in that belief that it's possible for you so then you do the things that other people might find scary in your business so I I kind of look at all those things most of those things I mentioned at the start of that are very doable you can change your screensaver you can have a Pinterest board you can follow hashtags on Instagram these are very practical things you can do but you have no idea of the impact of those things can make on your belief that it's possible which then changes your ability to do the work the practical work to make those things happen so I, I honestly just look at law of attraction stuff as almost like cause and effect you know the, those micro shifts that that Dan you were talking about before when you said that I was like yes because that's what it takes it's it's a hundred little things not just like oh, I think I want this thing. It's like, cool, now do all of those little micro things to change your belief that it's possible and that will impact the actions that you take. And then actions create your reality. Beautiful, yeah. The, um, I'm resonating. I'm sure I can't see Dan's video right now, but I'm so certain that he's probably also just shaking his head vigorously like I am over here. Um, I want to hear about these micro I couldn't remember was it micro tweaks or micro actions Dan I want to hear about that because that's that's what I'm talking about it's very practical the law of attraction stuff it's not just all about wishing and dreaming I mean so here's here's my philosophy and I did a class on this and we we did a whole series on this um it's really interesting because um I've been my book this week is the Kabilion and and as I'm going through it I'm seeing all the stuff that I was learning from like crazy mystical teachers 15, 16 years ago, where it's talking about these three sort of realms that our reality is split into and not split into because they're separate, but they're just different densities of frequency that we as a whole being operate at. Um, They refer to physical, mental and spiritual. I call the spiritual energetic just to get rid of the connotations that people have with the spiritual and to stop people having that shutdown excuse. But there has to be an alignment with all three of those spaces in order for something to show up. And so when we did our series, we looked at shifting your energy to get into alignment, shifting your mindset to get into alignment and what physical actions, what can you do in your physical environment with the things that you do interact with, with your five senses and with your, with your hands, like what can you do? Even if it's like, how are you getting things set up? So when I personally talk about manifesting, what I'm talking about is that your internal environment, that, that spiritual realm and that mental realm are so so beautifully aligned with the intention of what you want to create that physically you end up not having to do anything because it just pops into your into your experience but here's the thing unless you are ready to actually do something like ready to move 
like prepared your, your environment physically, then there's an element of resistance there that's going to stop it being able to show up anyway. And so I am in love with being a chillpreneur. Um, I'm in love with the chussel because for me, what that is, is I'm ready to move my hands, but actually I'm still focused on taking care of two thirds of the game, which is an inside job and doing so to the extent that I may or may not have to do anything. But if I do, I'm going to have fun doing it because I'm doing it in an aligned way. And for me, the whole idea of micro shifting, which is a consistent series of baby steps made in the direction of a consciously chosen outcome, it's understanding that as a chillpreneur, as a, as a manifest, as a creator of my experience, I don't have to necessarily do these big, massive things. And sometimes the resistance that comes from trying to do these big things actually ends up being counterproductive anyway. So by taking those baby steps, which everybody can do, we can start making consistent movements in the direction of what we want to experience and eventually get there. Love it. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, Dan, as you're talking about that, it's reminding me, um, Denise, I, we have like about 10 minutes left, but your first book, well, I don't know if it was the first one, but um, you talk about when you were wanting to win the contest, you and your husband, and all of the different little things that you did to win the contest. And to me, it's like, that's the, I mean, I'll have you tell, you can tell the listeners about the contest, but you, it sounds to me like you were making a ton of little micro shifts to bring that energy into your life. Um, would you share with, with everybody a little bit about that contest? Sure. So I, um, got married and I was on honeymoon and I just thought, Oh my God, this is what I want more of. I want to have warmth and abundance. And I was in Indonesia for a honeymoon and I was in a place of my life where I was, you know, working for other people. I really wanted to be an entrepreneur and I couldn't figure out how to do it. And I remember standing out in Indonesia, we were in these little huts in the water, like perfect little honeymoon kind of thing. And I stood under the stars and I said, more of this, please universe, more of this. What I meant in my head was more freedom, adventure, abundance. What the universe heard was more honeymoon. <laughs> and so I went home and I set an intention to go traveling around the world. I also set an intention for a business idea, a million dollar business idea that I was asking the universe for. And we, when we got home, a friend sent me a message saying, oh my God, you've got to apply for this competition. And it was for a honeymoon company. They wanted a couple to go traveling around the world for six months, blogging about honeymoons and blogging was kind of a new thing then and I was kind of blogging on the side trying to start a blog and so I thought oh my god this is such an amazing opportunity for us to you know kind of dip our toe in the water of business and go traveling and have this freedom that we wanted and um, so I was just like oh my god we're gonna win this like this is a divinely guided kind of opportunity and Mark came home from work and I was like oh my god competition and we're gonna win it and we're gonna do it traveling around the world and we lived in London at the time he had his dream job and his dream industry and I was just determined this was going to be something you we were going to do now when people hear about this they go oh my god so you just like got selected out of a hat for this competition it was um it was a judged competition so there were judges who were trying to find a couple who could you know show that they could 
make videos and write and all of those things. So I literally threw everything at this from a from a manifesting point of view, from a physical point of view. And we would we would like go walking every morning and talk about how we won the competition. My dream boards were printed out, like I literally created a dream board on a computer, printed it out and put it everywhere around our apartment. I you know, my phone, I've changed everyone's phone, like names in my contacts. So if my mum called me, it would be mum dash honeymoon testers winner. Just so all of these reminders popped up everywhere in my awareness. And, um, you know, we obviously won the competition, which I talk about in the book, but that was my first, uh, I guess, test of throwing everything at a goal from a manifesting point of view. Nothing was too big or too small, especially when it's something like that when you're waiting for someone to pick you or you're waiting for something to happen. You can feel very helpless. You know, you just sit there and you go, what else can I do? Do I just wish and hope for it more? And sometimes when you're in that space, that wishing and hoping turns into desperation energy and you actually are repelling it because you feel so desperate. Whereas I just kept on thinking of little micro things that I could do. What's another little shift I could do to make me believe that I can win this competition, but also to show the judges that I'm serious about winning this competition. And talking about decluttering too, Dan, you know, we, when we were closer and closer to winning, we were shortlisted into the top 15 and the top 10. I was like, I need to declutter everything in a way of winning this competition. So we started finding people to sublet our apartment because we were just like, well, we're going to win, so let's do this. Um, We actually told our bosses, both at our jobs, that we were going to have to give notice. And that seems like a very risky thing to do, but actually what we were doing is clearing the decks of anything. And when we actually got to the final with, with there was nine other couples, we were the only ones who had our brains completely clear. Everyone else was stressing about their jobs, their apartments, their pets, they had all these logistical things that they were worried about. Did that give us a little edge? Maybe it did because we decluttered all the obstacles in our way. So anyone who's interested more about that story, one, it's in my first book, but two, I'm actually um, writing a, another book about that experience at the moment um, because I think it would also be a really fun movie because a lot of fun things happen behind the scenes when we're actually on the job about traveling around and we were renewing our vows everywhere we went and I think it would be a really fun book and movie but um, anyone who's interested in those little micro tweaks micro shifts that I made go and read that book because it's a lot of manifesting tips in there yeah that is a a really great one I loved in the book you talked about um, I think it was like maybe when you said each other, like you said your names to each other, you would say like Denise and Mark, like you had won the competition or somebody was announcing your name. Yeah. That was, I love that. That part made me laugh, but it was, yeah. I mean, I, I love, I, I just love this concept decluttering and really getting into the mindset. And I think you're right. Like when it's that I'm gripping on and I'm holding on, like there is a point where, the desire can become a repellent if you're like believing so much. I think when it's coming from a place of lack of like, we have to win, like we have to win um, and you're squeezing it versus like, we just have that knowingness that it's happening and we're calling it in. It can flow more easily into your life. Um, for me, for way my, more attractive. For yeah. my part as well, Jess, just tail ending that with, with, with another layer to it. It's like, 
I talk about like the difference between believing and knowing, right? Believing mm. is accepting something as a true, whether it is or not. When you know, there is just no other outcome. You are committed. It's like um, uh, it's Yoda, do or do not. There is no try. Like Denise and Hubby were doing. It's like, now we, we are so, <laughs> there is no other outcome. This is the timeline that I'm on right now. And this timeline involves us going on this trip. And therefore we're creating this conducive space for us to create and we're populate, we're polluting our environment with nothing but inputs that support the outcome. And we're just, we're in, we're in it. And when you speak to your reality that deeply, when you speak to it that committedly, speak to it that knowingly, it cannot do anything other than bend to you. It, it just can't. I think the judges were swept up in our belief, exactly what you just said, Dan. They saw that we were so ready and they got caught up in that belief, even to the point where we had our final judging interview. I wore a necklace that said yes on it because I wanted all of the wow. subliminal things too for them to go, yes, this is the couple. So uh, it was very attractive, I think, because they were just like, oh, they were just brainwashed into, yeah, that's this is the couple. Hmm. These, are the, these are the ones. These are the ones. <laughs> yes. yes. So, <laughs> yes. In the end, there could be only one. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming, we're, coming to, we're coming to the end of the show. So we just want to make sure that people have a way to connect with you and all of your awesomeness. Let us know. I'm also picking up my friend, my phone so we can totally be Instagram friends also. Um, yes. Tell the people how to connect with you. Yes. Well, I'm at Denise DT everywhere. So that's my website, DeniseDT.com. Um, I'm on Instagram, Denise DT, Twitter, Facebook, all of those things. And I love hearing people's ahas, especially on Instagram. Um, tag us, you know, take a screenshot of the, the artwork for this podcast tag us all let us know your ahas awesome and my biggest aha denise like i said um is thank you for running you know speaking your truth and putting out there what you put out there in the way that you do um because it's made a huge impact on my life and i'm sure many other people as well so thank you thanks guys yeah um, okay, well, guys, this is our last episode here on KKNW. <laughs> Follow along. We'll still, you can find us on, um, find us on Facebook. Reach out to us. If you had been listening along this whole time, please send us a message. We love you. Um, and yeah, catch Dan at Dreamer CEO on Instagram. You can find me at Jess underscore Bubbico, B-U-B-B-I-C-O. Keep up for updates. We'll have exciting announcements coming up, but we've loved serving you every week. Um, and thank you for being. And thank you, Denise, for bringing your absolute magic with some really sexy methoding too. I'm really excited to start playing with my, my alchemistness and learning more and more about your stuff and sharing it. I'm definitely going to share this episode with my Micro to Millions crew as well, because I think there's some really groovy stuff on there. Absolutely. 